This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Evangelist Jamie Ragel. Here's a statement. I like to make a statement at the beginning of every message. It kind of sets the foundation for everything. And so here it is. If you don't pay attention to what has your attention, you're going to give it more attention than it deserves. If you don't pay attention to what has your attention, you're going to give it more attention than it deserves. How many of you believe God can get your attention? How many of you believe it's better to give God your attention than for him to have to get it? I don't know. I was raised in a different day. I was raised, if I got in trouble at school, I was in more trouble when I got home. I was raised in a day where my parents, your parents probably didn't do this, but Pastor, my, my mom would ask me if I wanted whoopings. Would you like me to smack you? Is that what you want? We didn't have time out. What is time out? We had knockout. We didn't have, we didn't. And I, you know, I, I make a motion we go back to that. You know, we didn't have anything woke except you better get out of the bed. The, the reality is, you would think, you would think, one would think, after what our world's been through for the last two or three years, and what's it going to take to get your attention? What, what in the world is going to have to happen? And I don't know where the lady is that just sang the song, uh, probably out smoking, that's what most, oh, most gospel singers do that. Act. It's a lovely song. She couldn't have picked a more appropriate song. You, you want all the benefits of being a Christian, but you don't want to serve Christ. And I promise you this, you are closer to the Lord when trouble comes than at any other time of your life. You let the bottom fall out in your life and all of a sudden, now pray for me. Well, did you pray last week? You want to go to heaven and spend eternity in heaven? You say you want to be with Jesus, you don't even come to church. How does that figure out? If you have your Bible, I promise we won't be long. And I promise it won't be boring. <laughs> I had enough of those boring services as a kid. I just thought, God, if you let me do what I love, I'm not going to torture people. <laughs> By the way, you know, we were not allowed to talk in church. When I was a kid, you had to be quiet. And if you didn't, my mother, who sang in the choir, she would leave the choir. And she would grab me and take me out in the lobby and heal me. You could hear me <laughs> being healed out there. And when I came back, I was a new creation. I was entirely new. <laughs> pay attention to these words. The title of the message, pay attention. In Hebrews chapter 12... Verse number one, wherefore, seeing also, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And if you have a pencil, under, underline this class. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Now, let me just, let me put this in here. Folks, 
Quit asking God to change the landscape of your life while you continue to remain loyal to the things that are killing you. You want God to change your life? If Listen, you've heard this. Somebody a lot smarter than me said it. But if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you've got. You can't walk hand in hand with ungodly people and wonder why you're not living a blessed life. The Bible says a company of fools will be destroyed. Where are you getting your information from? If you stop and think about what is a normal day for you, what, how do you begin your day? How, do you begin, how should you begin your day? Thank God for this day. Take some time in the Word. I hear people talk about all these hours that I spend that I can't ever get back. An hour after, and you think someday, how many of you know there is a judgment coming? How many of you know that? How many of you know there are two judgments? How many of you know there is the judgment seat of Christ? How many of you knew that's just for saved people? How many of you know it's also called the Bema seat? Did you know that? Did you know it's a time of rewards? You know, but listen, don't, 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 don't mistake this. I still believe there's going to be weeping at the judgment seat of Christ because the Lord doesn't wipe away tears until after the millennium, right? I think someday when we stand before the Lord and we see all we could have done and He gave His life for us, and where do you think the best source of information in the whole world is on how to raise kids? Where do you think it's at? So if you're a parent... I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're a parent and you have a sick kid, you will break your neck to make sure they get to the best doctor. You'll spare no expense to make sure they have the best education. Then why as a parent wouldn't you read the greatest book ever written by the greatest author who's ever written on how to raise your kids? Why wouldn't you do that? It makes no sense. And I'm going to show you what I mean. As we continue reading, I want you to follow this. God says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And if you have your pencil, here's what I want you to see, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What has your attention? Folks, he wrote the book. He's the one that wrote the book. I, I, I thought about, um, you are never going to know the greatness of God until you have a problem that only He can solve. There's going to come a time in your life when life changes. I, uh, I was you've heard of a hip replacement. Anybody here ever heard of a hip replacement? <laughs> I've heard of them. How many of you have heard of a knee replacement? Has anybody here ever heard of an ankle replacement? I was just told I got to have one of those, an ankle replacement. Well, how does that happen? Well, what goes on? He says, well, you know, that little horizontal box that your bone, yours is like this and it needs to be replaced. What? Anybody here hate this whole getting old thing? Does anybody hate it? You want what? When I was a kid, it was open your mouth, ah, in your eyes. Now it's drop your trousers. I don't care. If I have a toothache, 
drop your trousers. My ear hurts, drop your trousers. And <laughs> you ever make yourself laugh? Sometimes I, in these tests that have the word oscopy in it, there's going to be a garden hose, an air compressor, and a searchlight, and you're not going to like it. It's not going to be good. I believe there's value in laughter. I believe there's value in having a good time. I believe there's value in a merry heart. But you know what? I don't know that I, don't know that I ever want to quit learning. Let me give you an example. Years ago, I used to say, if you're in a building where everybody's laughing and you're not, guess who might have the problem? I used to say that. I don't say that anymore, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't know what a person's going through. Not even what's on the outside is a true indicator of what some of you are walking through in your life. And all the more reason to give God your attention. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he wrote the book. If you want, if you want a chance at your marriage, make it. If you want a chance, and by the way, if our kids ever grow up and love Jesus, it's more because of his grace than our performance as parents. You can read any book. You can listen to every opinion. And I want to tell you something, folks. You can have three kids raised in the same home with the same mom, the same dad, Two love Jesus and one is in another world. And you kind of wonder, why did this happen? But I do know this. You can say, well, you know, my daughter is so rebellious. Well, do you know what Ezekiel says? As is the mother, so is the daughter. So if you don't like that, you've got to take it up with somebody else. And I would venture to say, and I don't think I'm taking liberty with Scripture, as is the father, so is the son. The single greatest influence in the life of a child is the same-sex parent. That little girl is learning everything about being a mama and a wife by what's modeled. That little boy is learning everything about being a dad. And, be, and folks, at some point, you've got to go, hey, if this is working, fine. But guess what? Anything that works outside of this book is just temporary. He wrote the book. He has the answer. I, I, um, I wear all the time, and my wife will tell you, I wear it all the time. These bracelets, they say, and you heard me say it last time, I say it every meeting I'm in. Eternity's a long time to be wrong. I'm amazed at how casual people are about their soul. Let me, let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, God forbid, but do you know that you know that you know? That you're going, if you don't walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian, pray like a Christian, think like a Christian, why would you believe you're something you act nothing like? You know, if, if I'm a firefighter and I bring my truck home with me at night and park it in the driveway of my home and I see my neighbor's house and it catches on fire and I sit down on the front porch and drink a coffee while I watch his house burn, I'm going to have a hard time proving to anybody that I'm a firefighter. I mean, you say you're a Christian and you want all the benefits of being a Christian, but you're not looking unto Jesus. You're looking unto, if I had more money, 
If I had a different wife or a different husband, what about if you just had Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith? I promise you, if you get a diagnosis of cancer, I promise you, if you get a diagnosis that your marriage after 40 years is crumbling, I promise you, if you get a diagnosis that your job that you've been faithful to for 30 years is closing, all of a sudden, God has your attention. Anybody remember this story in the Bible? There is a story about a lady. The King James Bible says she had an issue of blood. Do you remember that? She had an issue of blood. Do do you know what that means? She was, this lady was hemorrhaging. She She was bleeding to death. She'd went to every doctor. Nobody could help her. And one day, she heard that Jesus was coming to town. Anybody remember this story? And do you know what, do you know what? Now, I have a question. If she had a chance to see Jesus, do you think anything would have taken her attention off of seeing Jesus? Do you think anything? How about shopping? Uh, How about bowling? How about baseball? How about NASCAR? How about University of Tennessee versus Alabama? (laughs) Anybody heard anything about that? Wow. Do you know what, Pastor? I was in Knoxville for two years, and this is a fact. In Knoxville, University of Tennessee football is godlike in the state. It really is. And do you know when the University of Tennessee volunteers lose a football game on Saturday? Church attendance is down by a third on Sunday. People are mourning over the loss of the volunteers. But you got a son that's going to hell, and you don't mourn over him. You got a daughter that's going to hell. And and I honestly, hey, is your son saved? Is your daughter saved? I I think. You what? You think. When are you going to care? I don't know if I told this story, preacher. I forget stuff. I have a friend last year or two years ago, maybe three years ago even, at his job, he got two six-figure bonuses. Two. That's a lot of money. That's just bonuses. He said to me, he said, I can't sleep at night. My food doesn't taste good. I can't rest. My bones hurt. Did I mention we bought the house of our dream? My wife and I, I think we're in good health. But I'm in such disarray. I said, whatever for? He said, my son's not saved. My son's going to hell. My son doesn't care at all about Jesus. Folks, if you don't pay attention to what has your attention, you're going to give it more attention than it deserves. And I promise you, at the end of the day, whether Alabama beats Tennessee is of no eternal consequence. But whether your kids go to heaven is a big deal. Whether you go to heaven is a big deal. How about making wrong things right? Some of you can hold a grudge. I'm telling you, you can't be right with God and wrong with your brother. Do you care about doing what's right? It's not always easy. There's a lot of things that aren't easy. I, I, you know, I got to go to the dentist on Wednesday. Anybody love that? I love going to the dentist. I'm telling you what I'm telling. Well, you get that gas tank out, whatever's in that thing that you give. I want the whole tank, load me up. 
poking. And they can't just give me a shot. How are we today? I don't know. Give me that needle and I'll show you. How are we? I want all that gas you have. How many of you know these bodies wear out? There comes a time when your body tells you what you're going to do. I have to go to the restroom. Really? Can you hold it? Nope. Nope. Can't. Well, you just went five minutes ago. I don't care. I don't care. I know I'm, huh? But you know what, folks, what the world is doing is just offering this counterfeit. And here's the thing. I had a teenager this week say, you know, I'm not really into all this God stuff, but you know, kind of what you're saying is making sense. And I said, well, I didn't say it because what I say doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But everything he says makes sense. He says, well, I'm just free to do what I want. Guess what? That's true. You are free to live any life you want to live. But here's the deal. What you do in your freedom may very well someday be the bars that build your prison. What you do in your youth, you'll pay for. Is anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand, but is anybody here at age 60 paying for a stupid decision at 16? How many of you know you will think different at 30 than you do 20? How many of you know you'll think different at 40 than you do 30? How many of you know after 60, you just you quit thinking all again? <laughs> Do you ever have somebody talking to you and you just think, I don't care. I don't care. On the plane, the I, I didn't I didn't know her from a can of paint. She said, and fabric circle. I'm not sure if you have one in your area. They have bolts of fabric on sale. I told my sister-in-law, Janice, the other day, she'd stopped at 7-Eleven, picked us up a couple of those hot dogs. You know, they're $1.99. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, and then what did you say? What did I say? Did I miss? I don't know you. And I don't, I don't care about this. I'll tell you what I do care. I promise. I promise. One of my daughters here today, she's a nurse. Do you know what I, you know what I care about every time I hear a siren? Do you know what I care about? I promise you in Jesus' name. I, who, who's, whoever's in there, Lord, give them a chance to be saved. Give them a chance to know Christ. I have a little part-time job. You know, COVID has shut down a lot of churches. A lot of churches don't even have service anymore. And I have a little part-time job, six or eight days a month. And I'm able to work with an elderly community. And one of the things I have to know as part of my job is cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, I didn't realize this, but if you, do, if you do CPR the right way, you do it about two times a second, and you're going to hear bones crush and crack. 
and somebody's hanging on for dear life. And the only thing I can think is, was there ever a time in your life when you got saved? Was there ever a time when you trusted him? He is, the scripture says, he is the author and the finisher of our faith who, watch this class, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And how many of you know he intercedes for us? How many of you know this God you will stand before someday? How many of you know that you're going to heaven? How many of you have settled? You know, I was getting ready this morning, and it takes me a lot longer to do what I used to be able to do in a <coughs> much shorter period of time. But I was excited the whole way, excited about seeing you. I'm, I sat there today, and I looked in your eyes while you were singing, and I thought, 45 years, I can tell you, it's actually, it's actually been 46 years. And I can remember those days when we met. And, uh, you know, lifetime friendships. And you've been faithful. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the life we live, inspire them to obey. May all who come behind us find us faithful. But I, I looked at this passage. He endured the cross. I, I, I don't know. If you ever get a chance, Google this. If you ever get a chance, Google. A medical doctor describes the crucifixion. Just Google that. Listen to this medical doctor talk about what a person experienced during the crucifixion. How many of you know they were not nails? They were railroad spikes. How many of you know they weren't in the palm of his hand? They were here in this part of his hand. How many of you know that he had to pull up just to breathe because his lungs filled with blood and fluid and the precious Lord Jesus probably had seizures and he was thirsty and he said, is there any way you could give me something to drink? And they didn't give him water. They gave him vinegar. They gave him gall and myrrh. And do you know the most, the, the most gripping thing about the whole story? Jesus is dying. And how many of you remember who was in the crowd that day? Anybody remember? Who was right here? John and who else? His mom. And when Jesus hung on the cross, how many of you know he hung naked? Did you know that? He didn't have clothes on. He was naked. Now just try for, imagine, for a moment to imagine how humiliating it must have been for a son to hang in front of his mother naked. And then he looked down and he said, Woman, behold your son. I'm not taking liberty, but let me tell you what that means. Mom, look what they're doing to me. Look what they're doing to me. And then he said, John, behold your mom. John, 
Mom's going to need somebody to look after her. And will you take care of her? And in all that, he endured the cross and he forgave you. And he forgave me. And folks, he didn't just die for your simple sins. He died for your most shocking sins. He died for the things you can't believe you would ever do. He died for you. And you can't go to church. You can't read a Bible. You can't pray. I don't get it. Adam, I want you to come behind me and start to play a pad. <laughs> I want you to look this way, you know. Dr. Lakin, you remember that name, don't you, preacher? Dr. B.R. Lakin. He's a great old preacher. He's with the Lord now. He was one of Jerry Falwell's mentors, as was my pastor, Dr. John Rawlings, Dr. Francis Schaefer. They were all mentors of Dr. Fall, but Dr. Lakin, I was able to pick him up in Cincinnati, and we had preached together, and this was way, way back in the day. And I was taking him to his hotel room, and I helped him carry his bags up. Now I now I'm that guy. I need somebody to help me carry my bags up. He said, hey, before we get to the room, there's a little place to get us some, get us some baloney. I said, do you mean like baloney? He said, just get us some thick sliced baloney and a little loaf of bread. Let's go up to the room. We sat down. I thought, I, I have no idea what this is about. He took the iron, the iron clothes with, flipped it up, and he threw a piece or two of that baloney on there. <laughs> Frying baloney. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, about the time you learn how to live life, it's time to die. How much time do we have left? Does anybody know? Or we promised another moment. That's why I'm going to leave you with a couple of statements this old man would like to leave you with when it becomes very apparent that you need to look unto Jesus. The first is this. Duties of equal value never conflict. God doesn't put you in a situation where you have two duties of equal importance and only a limited amount of time to do it. So you have to decide what's important. More money and less family or more family and less money? The Beatles used to sing a song, I'll buy you a diamond ring, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. You know, it can buy you a watch but it can't buy you time. It can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. Duties of equal value never conflict. Let me give you another thing. Just like eternity's a long time to be wrong, let me tell you something that has shaped the last five years of my life. If you don't let God heal the hurt in your life, you will bleed on the people who didn't cut you. You will spend your life
blaming anybody and everybody for what you're going through. If you don't let God heal that. You know, when I was a kid, and I don't, I don't know why this, to, when I was a kid, this altar was a place where people came and got on their knees and wept and prayed and asked, God, please forgive me. And maybe you can't kneel anymore, but I want to tell you, we need to see these altars alive. We need to see these altars filled with people saying, Lord, here's my life. Think about this. Where do you think the easiest place in the world is to make a public decision for Jesus? Church, I heard somebody. If you can't make it here in an environment where people are loving and care about you, What's to make you think you could add? And by the way, every person Jesus called, he called publicly. He died publicly. Aren't you tired of looking at your life and just, and by the way, lest you think for a minute, he's got it all figured out. I don't have it all. Folks, there are times in my life, darkness invades. There are times in my life, I don't even know where to go or what to do. And that's when I have to take a minute and just say, Lord, I don't know, but I'll go to the rock. I know who does know. You wrote the book. So I'm going to look to Jesus. Because not only are you the author, but you're the finisher of my faith. I, uh, I thought about that lady who was running to Jesus. By the way, attention please, attention, Jesus is here. I've learned this, desperation, desperation will open a doorway of intimacy with God that you will never have until you get desperate. When you get desperate, all of a sudden, Jesus becomes important to you. He'll, he'll, he'll provide you with a way. I want, I want my friends to know, if I don't wake up here, I'll wake up there. He's with me. December the 21st, I can tell you when it was. You remember that song, Preacher? I think you guys sing it. I can tell you now the time. I can take you to the place where the Lord saved me by his wonderful grace. Anybody remember that song? Somebody says, I'm saved. Do I have to remember a time and a place? I'll tell you this. If you were ever saved, there was a time and there was a place. Where was it at that you got saved? I'll tell you where I got saved. I even know the day. December the 21st, 1975. I'd already graduated from high school. And I was a church member. I won the song leading competition at youth camp. I'd already done that. I won the solo contest at youth camp. I was already in the church. And I had even made a profession of faith. How many of you know many will come to the Lord and say, Lord, here's what we've done. And he'll say, I never knew you. So my, my pastor friend, Don Melton, 
I walked up to his office. Honey, it was Monday night. I knelt on that chair in Don's office. I said, Don, I don't know that I'm saved. I'll never forget this. Miss Gale, he took a red Bible. He had a red Bible. And he started to open it up to Romans 3.23, the, the Romans road to salvation. And he started to open it, closed it. He said, I don't need to, you already know these verses by memory. How many of you know you can be a member of Buford Road Baptist Church and be lost? How many of you know you can be a good person and be lost? How many of you know you can know Bible verses and be lost? And how many of you know heaven is forever, but so is hell? Do you know that you know? Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Are you 100% sure that if you died, you'd go to, are you 100% sure? Are you 100% sure? I'm 90% sure. You might be 100% lost. Carol, you know, the other night I was preaching and this lady said, I keep inviting my husband to come to church. He'll go to church to hear other preachers. He won't come to hear you. He doesn't go to hear them much, but he won't come to hear you at all. And I said, well, why is that, do you think? Oh, he likes you, but somehow God uses what you preach. He gets under conviction. He can't stand it. He'll make every excuse not to go. Folks, if you get convicted here, that's a good thing. That means God's speaking to your heart. Be concerned when you come to church and you know you're lost and you don't care. You listen to Evangelist Jamie Ragel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.